If you have primary school-aged kids or grandkids, make sure Vision Kids is part of their daily routine. Vision Kids! Vision Kids is a 24-7 online radio stream featuring the ever-popular Adventures in Odyssey. Hi, this is Chris. Welcome to Adventures in Odyssey. Plus other world-class radio dramas, kids' music and friendly voices. G'day, Vision Kids. Vision Kids is streaming now in the Vision app and online at visionkids.org.au. You can also tell your smart speakers to play Vision Kids Radio. If you don't already have the Vision app on your phone or tablet, you can download it for free when you search Vision Christian Media in your app store. Vision Kids. Another way we're helping the whole family look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. And we're in Batemans Bay, right in the heart of bushfire disaster territory and partnering with Samaritan's Purse. In fact, right now, we're under the uh, awning, the canopy of the big uh, truck which is stationed here in Batemans Bay, which is the Natural Disaster Relief Unit. And out of the relief unit are volunteers... And some of these coming from local communities, some coming from around Australia, some coming from around the world, because people are volunteering to be a support when a disaster comes. And the guest I want to introduce us to right now is Karen. She's a volunteer from the United States. Uh, States. Uh, Karen Scales, welcome along. Thank you. Karen, you've been doing this a long time, and it's like you and your husband, Mike. This is, uh, this is what you do these days. You volunteer to help out in disaster zones around the world. What led you to do such a thing? We kind of stumbled on it by accident. We were in Alaska at the request of a friend after a disaster, and there was a team there from Samaritan's Purse. And we thought, hmm, I thought they only did the Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes. Yeah. And we got home and went on the internet to learn a little more about them and liked what we saw. And the rest is history. We've been volunteering ever since. And how long is that now you've been doing this? That was in 2009. 2009. And since 2009, you have spent a whole lot of your year, each year, just volunteering for Samaritan's Purse. Whenever there's a disaster, you and your husband, Mike, you get on a plane and you say, we're going to be there. Yes. We, we like doing it. Um, he's retired now and I was retired, so we are free to go and off. There and, we go. And you're one of the hard workers that we've been <laughs> talking about. And uh, you might, I want to get you to just share with us the sort of work you do when you turn up with a team. Uh, we were here yesterday morning when the teams were being released uh, out into the community, uh, deployed to be on mission for the day to help those homeowners who have been going through real hardship after the bushfires. So when you arrive at someone's home, uh, set the scene for us. What's the typical type of scene? Have people lost their house? They've lost buildings? They've lost all sorts of things? Most of the ones we've been doing here are people whose houses were spared, um, in the States, it's quite the opposite. We're usually sifting ashes, looking for things that survived the fire. And it's pretty amazing what you find. Here we're doing a lot of tree work, um, getting the burnt trees off the property so it's safe for the house that was spared, getting the bushes out of the way and, you know, eliminating future fire dangers for folks, doing a lot of things that they probably normally would be able to do for themselves, but they're emotionally exhausted. And 
don't know where to even start when it's their own property. So we just come in and we're a helping hand and let them see a little light at the end of the tunnel. Well, a few minutes ago, we were talking to Stacy, who said the work that was done by the team from Samaritan's Purse would have taken her and her husband months to do. Mm-hmm. because it's those sorts of odd jobs that make your life a whole lot easier when you can get those out of the way and it's not a distraction, it's not a burden, it's not a pressure for you and you come in and do those. Yes. But, however, uh, Karen, I can't see you wielding the chainsaw, but do you wield the chainsaw? I could if I need to. I usually stick with like a reciprocating saw and I do a lot of tree dragging. I'll, I'll take the limbs and go stack them on the road for the Sawyers and let the professionals run the heavy equipment. Now, I know you get up early to go out to these properties. It's not a sleep in and then we casually roll out. It's you're up early, you have a devotion with the team, then you're on your way out to these particular properties. But you're also really mindful that the homeowner that you're going to is oftentimes in a place where they're they're in they're in trauma, they're in yes. crisis. I mean, what sort of special special need do you have to be aware of when you're actually approaching those those homeowners? I think you just go with the love of God in your heart and just let him lead the way. And he always gives you the right words to say to people. And then, of course, we have the chaplains that come alongside of us from the Billy Graham Association. And, and they are specially trained for crisis intervention and trauma. Whereas we sometimes just stumble around and say, okay, God, what do I do now? <laughs> Now, you don't work solidly all day. You stop for morning tea and you have some lunch. We and do oftentimes, here. oftentimes, oh, okay, it doesn't happen all the time. Okay, it's not, not always quite so well coordinated, but you do get to have morning tea, you get to have lunch. Yes. And you're sitting with that homeowner. Yes. And the conversations, what happens in those sorts of conversations around that casual getting together to slow down and, and eat together? Well, we usually hear their story of, were you here when the fire came through or, you know, and find out their version and we've learned that by letting them repeat the story over and over it's a healing process because each time they tell their story of what happened to them during the event it takes it's a little less traumatic you know and and it's a healing thing for them so being a listening ear for someone who's gone through a crisis is mm-hmm. actually really important. Uh, you wouldn't be something you would just go in and start to, and start to giving your wisdom on uh, on all sorts of things oh, no. here. No, there's a certain gentleness, and I think listeners can pick that up in you. And is that one of the sort of qualities you might need if you're going to be a volunteer on a team like this, just to be a, a person who can be gentle with someone who's gone through a crisis? Yes, and there's... I've often had people say, oh, I wouldn't be able to do the kind of work you do. But we need those listening ears as well as the muscle. You know, there's anybody can do this job. Um, there's a, a place for you, whether it's just being that person that listens and prays with the homeowner or whether you're the one out there running the chainsaw. There's something for everybody here. You mentioned that sometimes you're called upon to sift through the burnt ashes mm-hmm. and rubble of someone's home. Right. You sometimes uncover precious things that that person will hold dear. Yes. Uh, you're looking for those things when you are because you're intentional about that because you really want to find the precious things that that person will be able to hold on to forever. Mm-hmm. What's, what's so special about that when you've found something, you put it back in the hands of the owner and uh, give us a little insight here. 
I think one of the most common things we are asked to look for is wedding rings. Whether it's theirs or from parents or, you know, keepsakes. And for them, it's just that little bit of closure of it's still here and I can go on. Or if even if we don't find it, a lot of folks, they're content with that because they know that they tried and it's okay and they can let it go. And they know that it's not just going to get bulldozed and end up in a landfill. It's not there anymore. Wow. You know, sometimes when we think of people who are helping in the recovery, and uh, we mentioned chainsaws, the idea that you might have a bunch of burly men coming in (laughs) wielding the chainsaws. For those homeowners, because not everyone's a man in the house, for women in the house, and someone like you comes along, Karen, there's something very special about that, that, you know, here's another woman who's rolling up her sleeves and wanting to help. There must be something special communicated in the fact that you're there alongside your husband. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I think they just look at me and think, this woman's nuts, (laughs) which I probably am, but... Okay, let's talk about traveling the world for a few moments because not everyone who is thinking about how they could connect with Samaritan's Purse here would be thinking that they would travel the world. And no doubt you didn't think of that when you first signed up, but you sort of get the bug and you decided that we've got nothing better to do here. Why don't we devote our lives to being a support? We've found a niche. We've found a place where we can serve. So what would your encouragement be for people who are thinking, uh, you know, maybe I could be a volunteer for Samaritan's Person. When there is a disaster in a community near me, I could make myself available. What's your encouragement? I would say sign up and let the Lord lead you. Um, he'll open doors for you. I never thought when I was sitting at home a month ago seeing the fires on TV in Arizona that I would be here doing this. Um, I even looked on the American Samaritan's Purse website to see if they were looking for volunteers, and there was nothing. And then one morning we get this phone call, do you want to go to Australia? Well, yeah. Uh, (laughs) So here we are. (laughs) And it's just that simple. God will will send you where you're needed and where he wants you. and, And I go home as blessed as anyone that we help here. Well, Karen Scales, Karen and her husband, Mike, are yes. volunteers with Samaritan's Purse. Uh, let me encourage listeners today. And while we've been talking about Samaritan's Purse, while we're here with the uh, natural disaster uh, relief vehicle in Batemans Bay, in the heart of bushfire disaster territory, let me encourage you, if you would like to be a a supporter uh, or a volunteer with Samaritan's Purse the website is samaritanspurse.org.au samaritanspurse.org.au it is a wonderful organisation and there are wonderful people who are volunteering as I say not just from here in Australia but there are even those who are coming from around the world as Karen and her husband have come from America to support the effort here in Australia Karen honour to you God's richest blessing on you and your husband as you continue to do this because no doubt there'll be another disaster around the corner and you'll be on your way to another location. (laughs) Thank you so much for all your wonderful work and I I think all the Aussies listening to us will be really excited about the fact that you've come and uh, you've offered your help and your support. Thank you for your humility and thank you for rolling up your sleeves and being a part of the community here in Batemans Bay. Thank you very much. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.